You are listening to the Red Roots Podcast. Good morning, good morning. Hello. Good morning. Oh, that was slow. I think <laughs> we were both thinking about, about like, are we going to say good morning? Are we going to say hey? Are we going to say hello? No. Sure. Man. Um, so, yeah, this is life. <laughs> so, you bored? Am I bored? Yeah. N- not necessarily. Not yet. Are you bored? <laughs> um, I'm a bit mind dead. Yeah. I don't, wouldn't use the word bored because I'm, I'm able to fill the time. Yeah. But not, not much really Fill, productive. Filling the time with the boredom? Yeah. <laughs> this has been terrible. I know. I feel so bad for you. I think Roman is just like, <laughs> he's like, what is God trying to teach me? I got, <laughs> or show like, me. Well, the, so, for I mean, I guess everybody that listens isn't in Bolivia, but so here we're in total quarantine. I think we talked about the earth. We didn't talk about this last time because it hadn't happened yet or had it. I don't know. Anyways, we're in total quarantine. We cannot leave. Um, the only reason is this me. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry, guys. I didn't even touch anything. Um, we So we can't leave the house at all except so everybody has one day a week that they can go from 7 a.m. to 12 noon or to noon to buy their groceries. And so like, whatever you need. Just groceries. The only things that are open are, are places that sell food, like not restaurants though, but like you know, grocery stores or like corner stores that sell food. So last week it was last week, yeah. So last week we were quarantined and like you could you could go to like a closed store kind of and walk around, but then they were like cut letting people go on motorcycles to like the grocery store, the supermarket. And so we found that out around Wednesday. So Wednesday I was like, oh, Rudy went. He picked up some stuff uh, for us. And I was like, man, I'm going to go tomorrow because I'm tired of being, you know, cooped up in the house and grab a few extra things as well. That you, you know, you don't want to ask somebody to bring all your extra little stuff. And so like, I'm going to go tomorrow. And so I was ready, like, to leave the house and whatever. And so Wednesday night, mind you, the cutoff time is noon. So every day, noon, regardless, like nothing's going to happen after that. Um, so Thursday, Wednesday night, they announce that, they are only going to let people leave once a week, and by it's by your your ID number. If your ID number ends in one two, then your day is Monday. Two or three, then Tuesday. You know, four five Wednesday, so on and so forth. There is no Saturday. Nobody leaves Saturday. Nobody leaves Sunday. Weekends are absolutely off limits. So that meant for me on Wednesday night, I found out that I'd already been in the house for almost a week. That I couldn't leave again until because my number ends in five. So till next Wednesday, I couldn't leave again. It just so happened on that day. So it wasn't like I was like, oh, tomorrow they're going to stop letting us. I can go out. It was 7 o'clock in the evening. And so everything was closed and you couldn't go anywhere anyway. So screwed over there. Okay, got over it. And so now we get to this week. And so we're almost, what is today? It's Tuesday. We're almost, we're a day late on the podcast because anyways, yeah. Almost on your day. You yeah, yeah, so tomorrow is my day. And so I was pumped up for my day. Like it was almost like the first day of school. Like picking your clothes out. Like I told Simon, the level of 
excitement that I feel for this day is embarrassing. I know he told me he was gonna just go buy everything, like just so that he yeah. could be out. I was, I would say, I'm gonna go out, like you know, spend the whole morning. Like I, ha- I really had it mapped out in my head. Like I'm gonna go to the store because you can only go out on motor, you could only go on motorcycle, and you c- I couldn't take the car, so I was gonna go and you know, I have you have like a little thing under the seat and the motorcycles fill that up and carry bags in my hands and do all I could and come back. And then go back to the store and get more and then do this and fill up gas on my motorcycle so I, you know, would have it and whatever. And um, so <laughs> last night they announced that, and that was so, okay, so in all of Bolivia you have to walk. But in Trinidad, or in Benny specifically, the state or department that we live in, they, had, they were allowing motorcycles just because it's more rural and people live further out and and things like that. And it, the grocery stores aren't really spread out. They're all probably within a square mile from each other. There's mm-hmm. three or three or so. Mm-hmm. And they're all pretty close to each other. So you can't, you know. Uh, so they were letting people at least use motorcycles. The rest of the country, they had to use, um, they had to walk or whatever. Anyways, so they announced last night that no more motor. they're not going to allow any more motorcycles. Everything has to be by foot. So... I waited two weeks for this day to come, and all I can do is walk to the corner store. <laughs> like, the, the level of disappointment that I feel, that I felt, is terrible. So I know that you read that they weren't going to, the original the original letter or rule was that you could ride your motorcycle, but with um, a surgical mask on or whatever those things. No, 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 I didn't say that. I said... You have to leave walking and with a mask. Oh, and walking. Yeah, you okay. can't leave. It's, I mean, if the, supposedly, I don't think you're going to jail if you don't have a mask on, but they that's the little decree thing or whatever you want to call it, is you leave you leave by foot, and if you're out, you, you have to have a mask on. Okay. And so I'll be walking around with my beard hanging out from under a mask tomorrow, <laughs> walking around in circles. I, I may just get lost. Like, just my, I may lose my mind out. The good news is we are healthy. That's very good news, and yeah. it's very easy to lose sight of when you're frustrated. And but it, I mean, it's it doesn't make it any less. Like it's 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 terrible, man. Like it just hit me. It got to me yesterday because I just was I don't know. It was terrible. I just wanted to leave and breathe some breathe some fresh air a little bit or whatever. I mean, I'll be I think I'll be back to just being regular miserable today and not super miserable <laughs> like yesterday. Yeah, but. Yeah. I think the worst thing is that, you know, they give you a date, so you feel like you there is an end in sight, but you really know that that date can be changed, yeah. and then it's probably well, will be only changed. if it's my date. Apparently, all your guys' dates didn't change. Mine, the things changed on my date. I told I told Ramon, well, kind of hinted, joked around about it, how it's like. I'm home all the time anyway. Like Ramon goes to goes to pick the girls up from school. The only time I ever really leave the house is if I'm going to the grocery store. And so my routine hasn't changed because I don't leave the house to go to work either. Uh, Roman usually leaves to come over here to the office and um, runs around to buy little knickknacks or supplies for fixing things. You know, so I don't there. I don't. That's my choice. You don't leave by choice. It's not like you can't yeah. leave. You just don't. But leave. what I'm saying is that my routine hasn't really changed. And so. As far as boredom, if I'm having, if I'm bored, it's because it's just like a regular board, not a quarantine board. <laughs> There's <Yeah>. levels. <laughs> so we're in the office right now, or my office, and the reason that we're able to come to the office because it's literally like 
it's across the dirt road from our house, like literally. And Simon lives here, not in the office, but in the same building. So he doesn't even have to leave. Mm. So, I just knew I was going to get like stopped crossing the street. My heart was racing. <laughs> I was like, I'm breaking the law. <laughs> well, like I told Simon to tell people I work here because he does work here. He didn't, it's a clinic or whatever like the, the building is in. So he does work here. You're not saying you're a doctor. Speaking of doctor, everybody thinks I'm a doctor now for some reason. <laughs> Everybody in our neighborhood. That's been, it's been going on. He came to the house yesterday. A guy yeah. came to the door, was saying that he was selling bread, and um, and Melinda was like, "Oh yeah." He's, he's like, "And the doctor?" And she's like, uh, "He's next door." Which you know, the guy lives next door. And I told her, I was like, "Well, he thinks I'm a doctor too for some reason." But everybody around here now thinks I'm a doctor for some reason. I have no idea why. I've lived here for two and a half <laughs> years, and just maybe like two months ago, people started saying doctor, whatever. Like one, I was at. I was getting gas or propane from the place the other, like, I guess a few weeks ago. And somebody's like, doctor, doctor. And I just was flat ignoring them because they're not, not talking to me. And then I realized, like, you're talking to me. I was like, oh. I said, my name's Ramon. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, Ramon. Yeah, yeah doctor. Blah, blah. I was like, you know I'm not a doctor, right? Oh, oh, you're not a doctor? No. Oh, I thought you worked in the, in the, in the clinic. I said, no, not, not like that. Oh, okay. Then I went to that meeting with the mayor and stuff, and the guy was like, you're a doctor, right? I was like, no, I'm not a doctor. Oh, you look like a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> then he just went on and justified why like, he looked yeah, like Yeah, I mean, he's saying doctors are black, or <laughs> they have beards, or they're, I don't know what, what made me look like a doctor. So anyways, this time has, I feel like, put a lot of things into perspective. Um well, it's trying to put things in perspective. It's just making us complain a lot, but that's a reflection on who we are more than. <laughs> so, what do you miss the most? What have you missed the most during this time, or, or what is something that you maybe you feel like you undervalued before you got locked in your house and put on, like home confinement, mm. house arrest. Mm. Like non-serious thing. I don't care. Just, I mean, like a haircut. Not been able to get a haircut. Yeah, you off, you actually, actually. I asked you. I asked you. <laughs> no cause, way, dude. Because you were like, oh, I'm looking for some skills to learn. Yeah, but <laughs> that's, that's He's to learn. Learning to let you. <laughs> yeah, no <laughs> way, dude. I was just like, here's a skill for you. Yeah. <laughs> Let's cut hair. No, you're everyone gonna, will be at the house. <laughs> you're gonna hate my. No, they won't be at the house after they see his head. There's no way. I'm not gonna mess your head. Do up you like remember that. the first year we were working at the I orphanage remember. and they had you cut all the little boys' hair? <laughs> Everybody had black haircuts. <laughs> They're, they're everybody like shaped up like yeah like it's like a straight line they had like little like curves like like they they, they all loved, they loved it but like it's like okay typically you know this that bolivian men style their hair right so they'll get it cut shorts somewhere in the back but the front is usually longer so they can comb it over up sideways whatever back <laughs> these boys their head was just shaved like they had just come, gone into prison <laughs> so funny. but they had shape ups but yeah, remember how big that one kid's head was? Yeah. And we were like, holy cow. <laughs> like, I thought it was his hair all this time. I thought it was his hair, and it was his head. Like, his hair, I, I, I thought his hair was long this whole, like, it was like a year. Oh, man. Or no, it, it wasn't that long. It was a while. Okay. It was like maybe six months. I thought his hair was, was long. And I went to cutting his hair, and I was like, hit a hard spot. I was like, what is the hard spot? Under, like, and it was his head. His hair wasn't even that long. I was like, oh, I didn't even know. Like I didn't know, I didn't even know that God made head shape like this. <laughs> it's crazy. So yeah, so you miss haircuts. Yeah. What else? Um, just going out. 
Yeah, just, just, just literally freedom. going out, yeah. Just yeah. being able to go where you want when you want. And yeah. So you you feel like you've taken anything for granted, like from the way that whether it's going out or I don't know, you feel like you've taken things for granted in your life before. That's I mean something that you'll be like, man, not like massive changes. Like I see some people on Facebook and stuff like, oh, I'm never gonna go back to this. Like, <laughs> and that's probably not true, but like. I don't know anything you're like, man, I took that for granted, you know, that whatever freedom it is, or, or every single one of them, mm-hmm. except for Netflix. Netflix yeah. uh, no, I'm not really sure, to be honest. Because it was like, before the quarantine, it was, like, I'm, a, like, I'm a home person, mm-hmm. so I'll go out when I need to go out, mm-hmm. and, you know, I'll go out and I'll go to work and things like that, mm-hmm. and I like going out and getting the sun and, and whatnot, but... <laughs> There are, there are also times where I'm perfectly happy. If I don't leave the house 24 hours, I'm perfectly happy. <laughs> so it's like... I'm the same way. You just practice yeah, it. So it's, it's not like, that I'm like, oh man, I'm going to go outside all the time now. Because it's like, uh, I, I won't. You know, when the quarantine's over, I will, I'll go out. But <laughs> in the evenings, I'll still be at home. You know, I'll still, I'll still be in bed by 10, half nine. <laughs> so, the quarantine so. will be over on a Monday. You'll leave on a Thursday. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, it's over? <laughs> You've been preparing for this your whole life. 24 hours in the house. That's that's a long time for me. I mean, mm-hmm. I I typically don't leave much the, the neighborhood, but I'm usually like out at the, like she said, at the, um, what is it called? They sell tools and stuff and hardware, the hardware store and stuff like that. I'm usually going to places like that mm-hmm. or the corner store or whatever. Um, so, yeah, what about you, Melinda? Um, what I miss? Um, I miss the mornings, having the mornings. You mean the girls not being, you mean the girls going to school? Yeah, I mean, they they wake up late, but I still have to think about um, meals, and I still have to think about schoolwork and what. We don't eat when they're in school? Yes, but when I mean meals, I... I don't know. For some reason, I feel like I have to like kick out a new meal now. I make at least one thing kind of exciting during the day. It's because Simon's having lunch. But I don't know. I just so it, a, a little bit more prep work goes into it. But anyway, they I decent home homework and stuff, and so I have that in the mornings too. Um, sometimes in the afternoons, I don't know. Just not having the exact. Like, I know in the mornings I was going to be able to work on what I wanted to work on mm. and, and then start lunch around 11.30 and then in the afternoons, homework with the girls. It's, we don't have that schedule that schedule or forced schedule, I would say, because I can create a schedule, but because it can be flexible, I can cancel this and do this or not do that or sleep in later. It, it doesn't work. Yeah. So, hmm. Yeah. I miss being able to, to say I have, which is funny because when I had to do it at that time, I, I wanted to just, be like, I wish I could just sleep in a little bit longer or I wish, you know, it shows how sometimes no matter what, we're not going to be content. Yeah. Yeah. And well, I think it shows the importance of structure. That's kind of, I mean, I, I miss structure and like, yeah, you can structure your life is you can still have structure, but it's hard like in, in the house and two dogs and two birds and. Uh, two kids and then two abandoned puppies walking around and crying. It's just, it's a different, it's a different rhythm. And it's hard for me, it's hard to be structured in the house, structured in the house all day. So 
to me, like, okay, this is the time that I go here. This is the time that I yeah. go here. That definitely helps me and keeps me in a rhythm and breaks up your your rhythm too. Where you try to work hard at home, mm. and it's like it just seems like it's never ending, and like you get distracted easier. And, and you know, somebody like one of the girls will I don't know. It's, they're not they're not being bad or anything. They just they're just there, you know. And so I mean, mm. I don't expect them to not talk to me. The I'm distractions, yeah, are, are yeah. endless. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's, it's no one's fault. It's just and no one's annoying or anything like that. It's just it's just a different thing, yeah, and it's yeah. hard to. And so, I, I, for me, I think I, I think I just miss the structure mm-hmm. of having, like, I don't know. It just feels, it feels like a nuke went off when we live in a bunker. That's mm. that's really what it feels like. Yeah, yeah. And I it's, think like, like that whole taking for granted thing, like not not staring at the same walls mm. over and over. Like I think that's that's like <laughs> Turn the biggest chair. thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> rotate. It's just like okay, I'm you know you stare at the same. I mean, I've got it a little easier in the sense of I can come to the office in uh, like yeah. the evenings and things like that, and I do. I use the the other rooms and whatnot, and so it's even just get being in a different environment yeah. just helps staring at a different wall, yeah, <laughs> um, a different lighting or or something makes makes a difference. But because it's yeah, going back to like the structure sort of thing. Although I didn't always go out like or leave the neighborhood during the days or things like that, I would be in different areas yeah. for each part of the day. So yeah, you know, yeah. Like um, I'd come to the office in the morning, mm. and then maybe I'd go out and do children's church prep, you know, and then I'd have lunch in the in the, in the kitchen or whatever, yeah, yeah. and then I'm out for football, and then I'm I mean, I'm only back in my room in the evening. Yeah, so, yeah. So it's nice. Yeah, even though it feels like okay, I haven't actually gone out because yeah. I've still been in the same building yeah. and the same neighborhood all day. Each couple of hours, I'm changing location within in yeah. the area, so it yeah. doesn't feel like you're trapped. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, I, maybe that's the the right word. It's just trapped. You just feel trapped and like, oh man. And then like, I mean, there's the obvious too that we haven't even mentioned yet. Obviously, we're talking about the effects of it, but there's this impending disease that's co- mm-hmm. like coming to a place where we don't. Where the so, I mean, the ideal ideal situation is if you get it, you quarantine yourself away from your family and whatever. That ain't gonna happen here. Like if somebody gets it, they don't have anywhere to do that, and then. Uh, I mean, a lot of people just don't want to even have like the, the thought to even try to do that. So it's just gonna, like you. I think you made this statement at the beginning: is if COVID nineteen hits Trinidad specifically, and it's part of Trinidad, it's gonna run through it like water. Just because, I mean, as far as things being contagious, like there's not gonna be any separation, but amongst families and neighbors and stuff like that, uh, just up on our street even or whatever. But I mean, hopefully Mm -hmm. it doesn't hit here, but. So you have that that dark cloud impending as well, and it's not. Yeah. I, I don't think I'm afraid, but it's you're foolish to not be like concerned. You mm-hmm. know, like to a, to a level to take precautions because I think concern is what pushes us to take precautions and stuff. You know, to wash our hands and all that stuff. It's, it's not. I'm gonna wash my hands because I'm afraid. You wash your hands because you don't want to get sick. There's mm-hmm. a, you know, there's a big difference. And so, if somebody swings a stick at your head, you duck. The subject is not about fear it's about just get out the way like you know what i mean so that's what you, <laughs> that's what you're doing when you're you know when you when you think about the stuff that's coming or whatever but we're the only um department or state or whatever you want to call it we're the only one that doesn't have any confirmed cases yet all of bolivia now has one uh, tariha they got theirs yesterday it was a it's a catholic priest somehow i have no idea how he got it he must have traveled or something mm-hmm. but um but so yeah in every every department now except for ours um, there is a confirmed case, and I, and to be completely honest with you, I think 
there are already cases here. They just haven't been confirmed. People yeah. here typically don't go to the doctor much. Mm. And, you know, there's a lot of different things behind that. And so, but I do appreciate the measures that they've been taking here. Um, like, uh, I wouldn't know personally, but Rudy said when you went to the grocery store, they were making you like kind of wash your shoes off, like, like some type of bleach mixture, which is terrible if you have one <laughs> shoes with some type of cotton or whatever, but <laughs> like, you know, because they heard they can live on shoes for, I don't remember how many days. And they make you wash your hands like twice or whatever before you go into the store at all and whatever. So just just good little practices like that, just being conscious about the spread of this thing or whatever. So so you have that hanging over your head as well on top of you're sitting at home. So it's, it's kind of hard to get lost in your work when you're sitting there like, man. And then, too, for us, I mean, we, we know people, very vulnerable people. I mean, like I said, everybody in our community is vulnerable just because of the way that the way that, that they live or whatever. But. Also, you think about the older people and stuff like that in our community. Like, you know, you, that's a cloud hanging over your head. And it's not, again, it's not like a I'm terrified thing. But when you love people, you know, you, you think about them and you care about them. And you you you're, you can, you, ha, you show concern for their well-being, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I think, so you have that on top of being locked in and trapped at home as well. You know, you, it, and then there's other just life stuff. And then there's moments where you realize how far away you are from you know your family or from your country or whatever you know whatever the case may be and then you i think because we're in it it doesn't like it just doesn't feel it's still surreal to an extent but like because you think about the movies that you've seen about like a pandemic and like the you know whatever i'm not saying this is the end of the world but the movies are about the end of the world and it's something like similar whether it's a zombie apocalypse or whatever and you don't relate in the full sense of (laughs) <laughs> what you're in right now is exactly what they're trying to portray themselves to be in. And so their train of thought is like, that's what you, that's, that's where we're at right now. Now, again, I'm not saying this is the end of the world, but I'm just saying like a worldwide, it's a worldwide pandemic. One of my friends wrote me the other day. It was like, man, it's crazy that this is affecting us and it's affecting you there. Usually there's different issues in different places. Yeah. He's like, it's crazy. We're so far away and the same exact thing is affecting us. And he's like, and it's a virus. He's like, man, this, this sounds like a book, you know? So it's just so the whole thing is so surreal. And so you have that. It, there's just a lot of things or whatever. There's a lot of mental stressors or whatever. And I mean, I guess it could easily turn into emo- like emotionally uh, tiring or whatever. And if if you're not careful, but I don't know, it's a tough time. And again, yeah. I, I know that people with the disease and have lost loved ones definitely tougher more time. I'm not comparing by any means, but um, it doesn't make it a that it doesn't mean it is not tough mm-hmm. to you know to, to deal with all the because we're all dealing with it. And I guess there's some beauty in that, too. It's like the whole world is kind of dealing with this together, more or less, you know, and like at the same time. And it's probably one of the only times in recent history that we can all sympathize with one another. You know, we're all literally going through the same thing. Mm. And it kind of just brings us to the level, reminds us of our equality, especially as, I mean, for us as Americans, Americans think they're better than everybody in the world. We're supreme and blah, blah, blah. But I think this stuff like this reminds us of our... There's a word I'm looking for, but I can't think of it. Our fragility, for one, like our human fragi- fragility, but also like that we're just like everybody else. Like you could have all the money and all the, you know, elephants and donkeys that you want and all this other stuff and all the flags. And what it doesn't really matter at the end of the day. You know, we're all exactly the same when it comes to, you know, stuff like this. It's, everything gets stripped away. You can take, we made a video last Sunday and that's what we were talking about, everything being stripped away. You can lose your education, you can lose, you know, your job, you can lose your money, you can lose your church, you can lose your family, 
But, I mean, it just really reveals to us the one treasure that we do have in Jesus now, you know. Mm-hmm. That's the literally the only thing that you can't that is not being threatened right now. It's the only thing that no one can t- touch or take away right now. Everything else is on the table, unfortunately. And it sounds like a dark thing to say, like, you, you're, you know, you can lose your family. You can, unfortunately, you know. And that, that does happen at some point. It's like people die, you know. But the, just reminded and really focused and, and, and forced to remember the one thing that we have that's untouchable is our, is our faith in Jesus. And not even just our faith, but Jesus, you know, Jesus and, and who he is and the hope that we have in him is the only thing that can be. So we treasure that in times like this and we grow in that. But it's also like it is convicting when I think about the things that I like that I miss. It's not convicting in the sense that I miss these things, but it's the focus that I have on these things outside of outside of Christ, you know, I don't know. So crazy times for sure. So what's on your schedule for today? <laughs> <laughs> you said it all. You just, you just said it all. Well, you said everything. We're going to just leave here and have lunch together. And yeah, we're actually going to leave and have lunch. Um, house stuff. House chores. House stuff, right? Who doesn't have house stuff? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have, I, so I have some, there's some t- like, what is it, legal stuff I have to do for Red Roots, but obviously I don't think the lawyers are working that are working on our tax stuff, so you don't get that, so you're kind of at a standstill. You think the tax date is going to be extended? Uh, I don't know, they haven't talked about any of that. Supposedly, like, I guess we're getting a stimulus from the government, and I don't know, there's, there's so much stuff that no one knows anything right now. I mean, I think there's grace for everything right now, though, because mm. it, it's just unprecedented territory, right? Like it's mm-hmm. never, no one's ever, no one's ever been through this. Like in, that's alive right now. No one's ever been through anything like this, and so doesn't. No one really knows. No one knows what you know. But I think there's grace for a lot of banks. Even here have announced like grace periods and stuff like that um, to make your payment. The the stinky thing about that here is like if you pay four hundred dollars or five hundred dollars a month to your bank to make. Your house payment, sorry, I have the hiccups for whatever reason, um, to make your house payment, then, oh, we're going to give you grace. We're not going to, you don't have to pay this month. Well, next month you got to pay a thousand. <laughs> so and that's a lot of money here. Yeah. That's a lot of money here. And so, you know, I, I kind of concerned about that. But in the States, I've been seeing where they've like, they're cutting 50%, like, you know, whatever the government's trying to pay some different things from my understanding, right? They're trying to pay in different insurance companies. I saw where um, the president said, that they were going to pay, then they asked, they asked him about it. He said, well, that's what they said. And so it's like, it, no one knows. It's unsure. Like, he doesn't even know, you know. And so uh, it's just a confusing time. It's unprecedented that what's going on. And, yeah, I think we're going to do a chat for the church this week, actually talking about that, just um, just navigating it with, with Jesus at the center. But also, like, like we talked about a little bit last week, is just with faith and, and fear and, you know, wisdom. Like, what is what in the midst of all this? He's just... You just see, you can change change any channel or flip any feed on Facebook or Twitter, and you just see so many extreme different reactions of what people, how people are reacting to this. And at the end of those, because no one knows how to react, you know. Mm-hmm. I think the one true reaction for us as believers is just to keep our eyes on Jesus, man. And like, I don't know what that, you know. It's a very obviously a very wide thing right now because it's kind of leaving it open for interpretation. But yeah, so there's a pastor in Florida got arrested um, yesterday <clears throat> for refusing to. Um, basically submit to the law and 
um, and not have services. I mean, and, and have services. And they, they're they're a big church, and so he kept having services in spite of the warning. And, and they were hugging, they were encouraging hugging, and they were almost like kind of mocking the thing and some different things that that were said and whatever. And so uh, they arrested him yesterday. Um, it's a weird it's a weird thing for me though because people there's an argue, argument about it like well he should have he, should he have gotten arrested should he not have gotten arrested obviously amongst Christians and there's very extreme sides in that but like some people which are consistent with the things they've been saying all the time there's a guy a few years ago that got killed in New York the police killed him choked him out for um for selling individual cigarettes and then it turned into this whole thing and stop resisting you know they scream that while they're squeezing the life out of your throat and he's like, I'm not resisting and blah, blah, blah. Anyways, and he's yelling, I can't breathe. And it turned into a thing because he's yelling, I can't breathe. But the guy keeps putting the pressure on his neck and he kills him. <clears throat> and I remember just the comment, the heartlessness of the comments of some of the people saying like, well, he should have just followed the law. Well, mm-hmm. he absolutely should have followed the law. But you're, you're essentially saying he deserved death because he didn't follow the law. Like, that's absurd. He, and he didn't follow the simple law of selling a loose cigarette. But that I feel like if you, you need to keep that same energy when this guy goes to prison and say, oh, why they put him, well, he should have just followed the law, right? Yeah. Like, that's what, you know, it's the same thing. He should just follow the law. He, all he did is went to prison. They didn't kill him, you know, good, lucky for him. And I, But I think in this time, it's very important to listen to doctors and scientists who are, they're not telling you to believe in evolution. They're not telling you to put your faith down. They're telling you, like, they're trying to keep you safe, you know? And so they're not evil and the enemy. and They're, they're really the opposite, especially in terms of, helping us with practical things in life or whatever. So I don't know. You just see, you see that, but then you see the other side of it. You see like, you know, uh, some people who think this is the end of the church. Like this is, it's not, not coming back. And there's, <clears throat> there's a lot of fear. And so they're just, I, it, it's just a mix, a, a complete mixed bag of emotions and, and reactions going all the way around. Well, I think, I think this is what happens when you're in isolation, right? You don't have anybody to kind of check your thoughts because that's pretty extreme. Nobody's persecuting the church. Nobody's persecuting um, the name of Jesus and saying we can't proclaim him and we can't talk about him. Yeah. That is still happening even probably even more so now on an international scale because of the Internet and the podcast and everything, you know. Um, So... I don't think I don't see that happening anytime soon. Yeah, that's another thing. As I've seen a lot of people saying, this is persecution of the church. Well, there's a lot of sticky things in there. First of all, no, it's not. Okay, then I mean, <laughs> First of all. like it's it's they're saying four to eight weeks. They're not saying shut churches down. They're not saying stop talking about Jesus. They're not saying any of that stuff. It's literally health related. This is nothing to do with. And then, like, some people are mad not the, at the government, but a lot of these people are people who are Republicans and believe that the Republican is the Christian party, and if you are a Christian, you have to be a Republican. Well, if if we voted these people into office, that, you know what I mean? Like, then, now you're saying they want to shut the church. Well, that's not true, first of all, but even if, it, like, now that, that throws something into the into mm-hmm. the mix. Like, okay, well, what which one is it, you know? And, it's just a lot of confusion, I think, and a lot of fear. And I think people, the people saying, yelling to not be afraid to everybody else, prob- possibly are the people with the most fear. The people that are trying to bucket the most. There's a, a, a famous pastor who got on TV and said he canceled, uh, he's canceling the virus and he demands judgment on the virus. And uh, I sent it to you, actually. Um, 
first of all, who's the judge? God's the judge. And so you're demanding judgment, which means you're demanding God to do something about it. God doesn't work for me, first of all. Like, that's just a very... And then second of all, if you don't walk in fear, then why are you yelling and screaming about a virus? What do you... When we see the storm, we see Jesus sleeping on the boat. Well, we see that we see the storm in the waters. Jesus is walking on the waters. He's not yelling and screaming and losing his cool and all this stuff because he's not afraid. He's not afraid. Jesus is being tempted in the wilderness, and he's responding. He's just responding to to Satan, the Satan. <laughs> he said it right, right. He's responding to him, like he's not 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 one moment is he throwing rocks and kicking and saying, oh, "I've had enough." This is, you know, and all that, like, he's not doing that. And so it's like, and it's just, it, to me, it shows fear. You're terrified of this virus, so your reaction is an aggressive one. And that's what they say, like, there's two emotions. One is, like, love and fear. And so you don't love the virus, so the other, other emotion is, is fear, and it's based out of fear. And so you're getting aggressive based out of, it's like, you know, in dogs, there's two type of aggressive dogs. There's a confident, aggressive dog, and then there's dogs who fear bite. They're just terrified. So they'll bite you because they're terrified that you're going to do something to them before. And obviously the second one is more dangerous because they're just out of control or whatever. And I think with a lot of these proclamations and stuff that you're seeing of um, us making decisions and telling God what to do and whatnot, is you're seeing basically the equivalent of fear biting, people being afraid. And so they get aggressive, but it's not aggressive out of faith and confidence. Mm -hmm. It's aggressive out of fear. And so, and then furthermore, I don't know if you caught this, but he declared it, but it was only for the United States that he declared it. Yeah, I noticed that. It was only for the United States. He said, for this country and for these people, get your hands off and you're, whatever he said, you're canceled and you're judged and I declare judgment. I declare, I declare, I declare. And it's like, all right, bub, like, doesn't people, <laughs> and then one of them was on March 19th, right? Or something like that. Yeah. And somebody, one of the comments said, but it's March 29th. <laughs> like, it, did, it obviously doesn't, didn't work, right? I mean, as much as, man, I want it to work. I would love it for it to be that simple, but it doesn't work like that. There's a guy also, and I mean, this was back in early March. Um, I'm not going to say his name either, um, but he's a, he's a Latino mega preacher, televangelist, star, I don't know, whatever you want to call it. Um, and he, he declared it dead. He declared the virus dead. He got on TV and he said, I declare it dead right now. It's not going to kill another. At least, at least for him, it was he was declaring it dead worldwide. So at least he wasn't seeing Americans as this elite people that God cares about them more than anyone else and he just wants to heal it in the United States and everybody else for themselves. He was declaring it dead worldwide. That was early March. Um, and here we are. But, I, you know, I think in these times with these declarations and stuff, I think it's bringing clarity to, to what, what it means to have faith, what it means to have faith in rough times. Because having faith ain't pretty all the time. Mm. It ain't always cute. It ain't always like lack of absence of suffering. And it's not, it's not always like that. Sometimes faith is just sleeping in the midst of the storm. That's what it is. The storm hasn't stopped but you're resting, you're at peace in the midst of it. So you're believing for the storm to stop, and we're praying, and we're, we're asking God to stop the storm. But even if it doesn't, it's not going to take our rest, it's not going to take our peace, it's not going to take our hope, it's not going to, you know, it's not going to take any of that, because our faith is in God. It's not in our faith. Like, I think a lot of times when we say we have faith, we're saying we have faith that the storm will stop, but that's not what we're called to have faith, and we're called to have faith in Jesus. So we have faith in Jesus that he, you know, he knows what he's doing, he's in, he's in control. Furthermore, for salvation, but um, we have faith in Jesus is not our faith isn't limited based on the circumstances or what happens with the circumstances or whatever. So we believe for healing for the sick people. We believe that this virus is going to come to an end. We're, you know, we're going to keep believing that and praying for that. But he, he, if it never came to an end, if humanity ended like this, then for us, it's a, it's it's like 
we don't, that doesn't worry us. It doesn't make us panic or anything. Because, I mean, we have faith in Jesus. And as long as we see Jesus still standing, it's, or still, still seated on the throne, as long as he's still seated on the throne, then we're good. Mm-hmm. And now as soon, if, as soon as the coronavirus or COVID-19, whatever you want to call it, as soon as it removes Jesus off the throne, then we should be concerned. But it hasn't removed and it won't remove Jesus from, from the, like if God still sits on the throne, then, so, then we're good. Well, we can continue on with, the, with our life, not ignoring things, but we'll continue on in faith and hope and li- living and resting in peace. So that's all. I think that's our reaction to it uh, <laughs> and everything. Just still understand that we have purpose here and it hasn't gone out the door either. Of like, ah, ah, you know, just losing all sight of your vision and your purpose. You know, we're still loving our neighbors in the best way we can from a safe distance, of course. Still praying for our community and people in our community and praying for praying against the virus. Absolutely. Praying against the virus, praying uh, for the sick, that they will be healed um, miraculously, even definitely for that. Um, but also understanding that in this time with so many people sick right now, there I mean, there are, there's always millions of people sick in the world. Right. But right now it's a, there's a focus on it. It should bring us to um, a focus and a need for not uh, healing. Yes, but healing is temporary. You can get healed and go back to your old ways. But for repentance and for people to know Jesus, you know, for the gospel to be spread, because a lot of these people are going to die today. That's just the sad. It's the truth. I'm not declaring I'm not they're not dying because I said that I don't that's I don't have that authority. Um, That's the truth is that a lot of people are going to die today. And do those people know Jesus? Because if they did, we can rest in that. So our spreading in the gospel contributes to our peace as well. Mm Because, you know, the people that we know around us and the people that are suffering, we know that they're going to a a life of eternity with, with, with him. And so. I think it should wake us up to a necessity to preach the gospel, not to argue over um, when, what age somebody should be baptized, not to argue over um, tithes and offerings or, you know, I don't know, whatever else we argue over, what time the prayer meeting should be or what day, you know, you should have church or whatever, not to argue over that, but, um, and not to give, like, I, I saw a guy preach a whole message the other day on, on skinny jeans, how a guy used to go to his church wear skinny jeans now, and how that ain't of God, and blah, 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 blah. And, and like, you know, people were amen and stuff, but like, there's no Jesus in that. So if someone came to your church, and they, their first time, and they're not a believer, all they heard is you complain about somebody in skinny jeans and say that's not of God. And so they, they came in hopeless, and they walk out hopeless. And that should concern us now, because there's so many people that are hopeless right now, and they're on their deathbed today. And they will, they will, they, they will not make it through the day. And it should grieve us that these people don't know Jesus. It shouldn't grieve us that these people never had a prosperous life. It shouldn't grieve us that, oh, but he never got a great job or promotions and jobs and better jobs. And, it, you know, he, it shouldn't grieve us that. Um, what should grieve us the most is that they don't know Jesus and that they're going to spend eternity in hell. That's what, that's, I mean, it's the unfortunate part of what we believe, you know. And that should grieve us and should push us to act to action more than anything. And should really recenter our messages messages on Jesus, realizing that um, everybody has a limited amount of time. And every time that they hear you preach, Jesus should be, it has to be the center of your message and your sermon. Because mm-hmm. we want people to know Jesus. And that should be our biggest concern or preoccupation. Is that a word in English? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So in this whole thing. <coughs> Anyways, rough times. A lot of perspective, a lot of thinking, a lot of not thinking too. A lot of Netflix going on. Yeah. Oh, that's a question. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I saw I saw something the other day that said like trying to help you break your day up and said only watch movies between four and six. So I was like, but what if a movie's three hours long? What if it's Lord of the Rings? <laughs> now you're done. Now you got to watch the movie in two sittings. I was like, what? <laughs> what am I gonna do the rest of the day? <laughs> no. I discovered something during this time, and I don't know if it's a blessing or a curse. We have Amazon Prime, you know, because we even though we live here, we still do packages and stuff in the states when we need stuff, and it's worth it for us. Um, whether it's Christmas or birthdays or whether it's when we're going back or when I'm going back or whatever, we can get stuff. Anyways, um, I knew that there was like a prime video thing, but the last I looked at it, like over a year ago, like some stuff you had to buy, some stuff you had, you know, so I just left it alone or whatever. Um, I realized that there's an app, there's an app for that and you can watch Amazon prime shows here. Obviously there's only, it's very limited because we're in a different country. But you can watch Amazon Prime shows. So I was like, oh, more stuff to watch. But I don't know if it's good or bad. <laughs> but you did. Um, there is like a kind of like a Netflix for for books and a Netflix for courses. I don't know what they're. Oh, yeah. What is it Those called? kind of subscription things. Well, we already had the uh, we have scribed, scribed, whatever. <laughs> I didn't say it because I don't know how to say it. <laughs> we already had that. I haven't read one book during this whole thing. I've read uh, a little bit. I think. At this moment, I just need to get in a better place mentally because I think there's nothing that can depress me more right now than sitting down reading a book. Like, it's just the saddest existence. I just feel like Laurel Ingalls Wilder or something. Just give me a candle while I'm at it and let me read it by candlelight. Speaking of, I think we have to probably go pay our bills, but how are we going to do that? Can't. No, I was going to do that tomorrow on my day out. That was going to be part of my... But we can't. They're not going to cut stuff off. They're not going to cut stuff off, so... Uh, we'll figure it all out some way, some shape or form. Anyways, I don't have anything else to talk about. I've rambled on enough. Yeah, I think since you, you know, you started with the depressing stuff, then you kind of worked your way up to the hope that we have in all yeah. of this. Let's end there so that we yeah. don't get back to The hope we have in Jesus. <laughs> you know, I wanted, like, my idea coming in was, like, to not talk about this stuff. They can just talk about something different. But it's li- like, what are we going to talk about? Because it's literally like, we can't even leave. So I can't even tell the story. I told my story last week and that was the end of it. Like, you can't tell any story. Yeah, yesterday I saw a cat trying to kill a moth. Like, that's pretty much all because we're that bored and just watching nothing happen out of our window. <laughs> or I, I'll hear like a motorcycle outside and I'll just like peek my head out the window and like judging the person that's breaking the law. Like, you naughty you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's all we got to do. No, but. Uh, we've talked about this just between ourselves and you he, You see it a lot on, on social media. It's like, take advantage of this time. All this time you said, I don't have time to learn how to do this or I don't have time to clean my house or I don't have time to learn a new skill. And so, I mean, we've talked about it and I don't know if if you decided on a skill that you're going to... Oh, yeah, I got a lot of skills, man. <laughs> Simon knows about them. <laughs> Haircutting isn't one of them. Haircutting yeah, is not one of them. Yo, I, I picked up, I don't know what you call it. Is it called slingshotting? Mm. I don't know. I've, I've picked up shooting a slingshot <laughs> as a 35-year-old man. He's even got a room here in the office. Oh, yeah, I put like a target up. <laughs> target. But I, I can hit it. I hit it consistently, do I not? Mm-hmm, he does. Can I try I after do. this? Yeah, I'm going to be in another room now. <laughs> that thing hits the wall, it's going to... No, it's... But just, yeah, I don't know, something to occupy your mind and stuff. And something I never thought I could do. And so, but now we we, just, we hung a can, some beer can we hung, we found outside. We hung it from the ceiling. And like, yeah, I can hit it pretty consistently. Nice. Which means that if things go real bad, I can go hunting and I can kill little stuff. 
duck hunting with a slingshot. Well, all those chickens that come to me when I walk outside. Or that. But those aren't ours. That would be stealing, so. Ruth will let us if we ask. <laughs> yeah, so anyways. That's a good thing, though. We haven't had a shortage of of very important, necessary things. Like no. chicken. We can still yeah, buy hand I, sanitizer. I mean, there's no reason for there to be a shortage of that, though. Yeah. The well, chickens aren't affected. But there also isn't a reason for there to be a shortage of toilet paper. Well, in the there, there, there isn't a shortage of toilet paper. I mean, in the United States. There's not a shortage of toilet paper in the United States. Oh. It's just that people are buying all of it. There's a difference. There's enough. So the, the issue with all the quote-unquote shortages in the States is not supply. It's the people buying everything, buying more than they need. There's not a shortage of toilet paper. It's just that you can't find it when you go to the store because Bobby has bought 16 packages and Cindy has bought 30 packages and whatever. So it's, it's hoarding is the, is the problem. There's not a shortage. There's not a shortage of almost anything right now. I guess my, my, version, my thought of shortage is when you go to buy it, there isn't any. Yeah, well, I mean, that's just because somebody... It's like if you go to the store and you buy up all the bread. There's not a shortage of bread. You, just somebody was greedy, you know. And so it's, it's just not, at the, you know, at that house. So like the guy that bought all that gel and hand sanitizer and had it in his garage, he bought it all up so he could resell it to people. And then the, the government stopped him from reselling it and he stuck with it. But, you know, there wasn't a, they, they sent enough to the store for everybody mm. that shops at the store. It's just that he took it all. And so it's just inconsiderate. Mm. It's, it really, it's really inconsiderate shopping on part of the consumers. And it's just, it just comes from panic. People just panic and they grab. It's, it's the equivalent of legal looting, looting right? Like, when people loot, like when things get real bad, people start breaking stuff. And it starts off with necessities. People are stealing food and whatever necessities. Then it turns into TVs and all this other stuff. And so like now it's like people are going in and they're panicked, which is where looting comes from a lot of times. Not always, but a lot of times. And um, so they're panicked, so they go in, they grab all they can of this thing and they hoard it. Now some of it's just greed. They want to sell it back to other people and that foolishness like that. But um, it just comes from panic, man, and fear, and whatever, and so, yeah. I, the only you can't, the only thing you can't get right now, I think, is is propane. But that's not because there isn't any. It's just because they're not open. Like you know, he's. But I imagine he has some hours that he opens because people use that to cook. So I don't know. <sighs> Tough times. Don't know when this is gonna end at all. Um, we're just getting started in Bolivia as far as the viruses. It's just, and people aren't following the following the the law either. So it's just getting worse. People are still hugging and still meeting, and some churches are still trying to have church, and um, which they can't now. But I don't know. It's crazy. So, anyways, let's all just continue to pray together, and just pray for an end to it. Just pray that it comes to an end quickly, and um. Yeah, I mean, and just, but I guess pr- pray for creative ways that the church can continue to share the gospel and share Jesus with people in the midst of this time, specifically in the midst, especially in this time, that some people need it, you know, people need Jesus. I mean, you need Jesus all the time, but people realize that they need Jesus now. It's being revealed, yeah. you know, that you don't have anything else. And, but also that the church could keep its eyes stayed on Jesus as well and realize that whether we can have church services or not, it doesn't, I mean, times like this, it doesn't really matter. Let's, let's. What you know, what matters is that we stay focused on Jesus, and we can still communicate and call each other and focus. And you can do what do they call it? Um, group chat calls, or what? What is it called? Video calls, like group video calls and stuff like that. Like, and it's not the same as having church, but we, you can still encourage each other. You can still build one another up. You can still pray together. Yeah. Like, you know, none of that is illegal. 
by any means. And um, actually, it's encouraged right now. So I don't know. So we can be who, we, who we're supposed to be and, and be who we've always supposedly been, you know, in dark times and in light times, whatever. In the highs and lows, we should remain the same. We should be this stable people in the midst of, midst of the struggle and the storm. So pray that we can continue to do that. Um, yeah. I think that's all I got. Yeah, so we're good? Yeah. <laughs> all right, well, thank you for listening. We hope that you are safe. We hope that you're healthy. Um, we're praying for you. Uh, we hope that you're praying for us as well. Uh, yeah, if you get to work from home, then pray, thank God for that. A lot of people can't work. A lot of people without jobs and stuff like that now. But furthermore, if you have Jesus, remember that that's your hope and that's that's your beginning and your end. That's I mean, that's just cling on to cling on to your faith in these times like this. And when we get out of times like this, continue to cling on to your faith, <laughs> please. Just remember the first thing first. So anyway, thanks for listening. We hope you have a good week in spite of all the crazy stuff. Um, put your mic away from your mouth because I know what you're going to try to do. Uh, <laughs> so, so, yeah, thanks for listening. We love you. And uh, provecho. <laughs>